0: In the high desert in the great American Southwest.
1: I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unopinion. My name is George Lamb. I'm Richard Serrett.
2: This is Connie Willis.
3: I'm George nori Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, here with my brother Chris. Hey, it's Chris, and I'm the Indiana Jones to your whatever the heck Shia LaBeouf's character was in Indiana Jones, and that we're doing some weird archaeology in Montana today, Paul. We are indeed, Chris. We will be talking about the September 12th, 2023 George Nori interview with Julie Ryder, where Julie, a former nurse and amateur archaeologist, uh, has identified multiple structures across Montana from ancient civilizations, Chris. Paul, can we say she's a writer on the storm? We could indeed. She has also worked with Navajo elders to get some of this information about the ancient civilizations in the area that were very advanced. Uh, That's super dope. Yeah, so we're going to get a little um, American Indian lore, I believe. So actually, this is a question. Are you supposed to say Native American or American Indian? Because I heard that you're supposed to say American Indian now, but I I don't know. I think you're all right with Native American. I just don't think that anyone is ever going to get offended at Native American. I think they tried to make indigenous persons happen, but I think everyone hated indigenous person, especially the indigenous persons. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll go with Native American. Let's go if with Native you, American. If you're a Native American, write in and let me know what I'm supposed to be using. Let us know. <laughs> America Indians. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting somewhere, though. Uh, but before we get to that, Chris, we got to go check in with our good friend, Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim time! Today's article, Mysterious Miscreant Dumps 1,500 Pounds of Meat in a Pair of New Zealand Communities. Dude, these Oceania people are unbelievable with their use of meat in weird prank-like situations they're just wasting meat and the thing is it's really expensive like that guy who's leaving sausages in mailboxes like dude that's an expensive joke he lives on an island which makes it even more expensive Authorities in a pair of New Zealand communities say for the last three weeks, a mysterious miscreant has been dumping hundreds of pounds of meat in trash cans throughout the towns. Where does one get access to not just a hundred pounds of meat, but multiple hundreds of pounds of meat? Oh, we aren't even there yet, Chris. The truly weird series of events reportedly began in late August, when a troublesome individual disposed of a whopping... 485 pounds of beef and lamb chops in various rubbish bins. Oh, that's so much meat. It's a shocking amount of meat to dispose of. Also, though, lamb chops are mad expensive. Like, that's literally, like, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of meat. Yeah, that's so much meat. Why are that's you just... So- I also love that it's not going in, like, the dump or something. It's being yeah. disposed of in individual bins. Yeah, this there's a man driving around with a pickup truck in New Zealand just throwing giant bags of old meat into people's personal garbage cans. And the thing is, man, if he, he lives in New Zealand, there are no people in New Zealand. He could probably just dump it anywhere he wants. If you, I mean, I'm not promoting littering. He could do that. This is unbelievable. Keep going. All right. Found in two neighboring suburbs of the city of Christchurch. Exactly two weeks later, the neer do struck again and dumped another 440 pounds. And one week later, they made another deposit in the form of a jaw-dropping 550 pounds bringing the grand total to nearly 1,500 pounds left in the trash cans of two communities. This man has dro- dropped nearly a ton and a half of meat into yeah. people's trash cans. Yeah, and you're not the only one that shocked Chris because the local police are too apparently. Where yeah, where would one get this much meat? The sheer amount of dumped meat over the last month has understandably astounded local officials, with one observing that, quote, it's staggering, while another lamented that, quote, it's quite out of hand. <laughs> I would agree that that would be out of hand. <laughs> what do you have to say, officer? It's a staggering amount of meat. It's it's becoming a bit much. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got a little worried for them because you said it was in August. Mm -hmm. But then I remembered they're in the Southern Hemisphere. And so August is actually their winter. Okay, you're right. So it's not quite as bad. It's not so bad. But my immediate thought was a man dropping tons of meat and a literal ton, a literal one metric ton of meat onto summer garbage cans. This is a horrible man, but it's not so bad that would be beyond cruel honestly It's awful dude i listen i live in south carolina august humid a bunch of meat in your bin dude like you could probably get away with like some standard ground balls yeah in south carolina with that kind of quote unquote prank no you definitely could Making the matter all the more maddening is that the rotting beef and lamb chops emit a particularly foul smell, which waylays residents attempting to use the public trash cans. We don't have to focus on that one too much, Paul. We can probably keep on going. Quote, any kids who went to put a wrapper in the bin would have had a nasty surprise. Council member uh, Andrea Moore abused to an Australian TV station. Everybody getting involved on the giant i like what i was gonna say caper yeah but it's not really a caper what is it when you i guess dumping illegal dumping the terrorism chris (laughs) the meat terrorism well and listen if it was summer you could probably get them on biological terrorism probably probably for now, authorities are positively flummoxed by, ooh, that's fun, by the situation as they have no idea who is behind the spree as well as why they are leaving behind so much meat. It's a great question. Why are they doing this? Why Why are you doing this? This is nonsensical. What? What are you, first of all, why are you getting the access to all this meat? In light of the latest incident, seeing a significant increase in the amount of dumped beef and lamb chops, The two communities are now sounding the alarm over the situation. I'm not keen to turn this into a witch hunt, but there is a need to avoid this continuing, Moore declared, offering the ominous warning that, quote, hot meat in public bins during the forthcoming summer months won't be pretty. Not going to be pretty, Paul. So do you have a theory? Do you have a theory on the case of who is dumping all of this meat? It has to be someone who works, like, at a meat packing facility or something, right? The owner, I'm imagining the owner from meat packing facility, and like the fridges went bad, and it's a bunch of meat that he can't sell, so he just started dumping it in bins because he didn't want to pay for its proper disposal. But how many large meat manufacturers could there be in New Zealand? I'm gonna guess three. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> I would start on, there. That's on the whole island. On the whole place, yeah. Yeah, like Christchurch, there's gotta be one guy. Yeah, there's probably a dude. Our our version of Bubba. Yeah, but, go go down, take your, your deer carcass down to the Bubba. He'll cut up the meat real good. But the thing is, like no one else would have access to that much meat. Grocery stores was my only other thought. Yeah, I guess maybe a grocery store. Some kind of mass distribution center. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But yeah, dude, we're talking about, there's really only a handful of of suspects that could gather this much meat. Yeah, and my guess is it has something to do with it's spoiled and they didn't want to pay for its disposal. I mean, the the economy gets everyone, Chris, including meat packers. I mean, I hate to bring up our sausage guy again, but like we, as we said then, there can only be a handful of, of suspects on the island who could afford putting sausages in people's mailboxes every day. Right? Yeah. This is even more of a case where we're talking about one point five thousand pounds. I don't know why I said it that way. One thousand five hundred pounds of meat, dude. I think mean, there can't be that many people. No, they can't, but alas Chris Hopefully we find the culprit soon and the people of Christchurch can rest better in their beds or whatever the hell you say when things like this happen. Well, time to move on to some housekeeping. Uh, We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash coast to coast PM, where you can sign up for as little as $2 a month and get two to three extra episodes every single month. Uh, We also have an email, c2cpmpod at gmail.com, where you can message me. I'm the guy who answers those, um, if you have any episode requests, stuff like that. Uh, And currently, we are doing a special promotion, and it is if you leave us a review on Apple and send us a screenshot, we will mail you a special gift. So uh, please go and do that. That is retroactive as well, if you've already left a review. And we have a Reddit Uh, Coast to Coast PM, check that out. Anything else, Chris? I think that's it. All good, bud. Let's roll. Time to jump into our episode, the September 12th, 2023, George Norrie interview with Julie Ryder, our amateur archaeologist of the evening, Chris. To start off, I think we have to answer a basic question. This lady goes around Montana and investigates what are essentially rock formations for evidence that they are ancient archaeological finds from advanced civilizations of the past that were wiped out in some sort of cataclysm that's kind of our thesis here right Paul? i really hope you got a how did you get into this for me because i'm very curious how does a registered nurse go from being a nurse to being like you know what actually there was an ancient civilization that was quite advanced in the foothills of Montana. I do indeed, Chris. Let's find out how Julie got into this.
2: So years ago, I was taken into Indian country. And I was um, taken into the head man of the Navajo. And he, in 1999, he gathered the elders from the entire world, the Incas, the Aztecs, the Mayans, and the Samis, to do ceremonies. We were taken to these ceremonies and they taught us about um, pictographs, which were about quantum physics, astrophysics, genetic engineering. Years later, he came here to Montana, and he read the glyphs on a shaman rock and told us about the ancient cities that were in this area. He instructed me to find them and to take this knowledge to the world so it didn't pass away when he passed over. Well, do you know who the
3: Sammies are? No. They are a Russian Finnish, I guess you would call them native peoples who are known as reindeer herders. Oh, yeah, no, I do know who they are. Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird addition, though. Yeah. The the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Navajo, and the Russian reindeer herders. And the Russian reindeer herders. Sorry, wow. was that that was all I could think about the whole entire time. I was just like. What are they Sammy doing here? Well, and what I love too is that she's like, I knew a Navajo leader who brought together all of the leaders from around the world. What, right. like, what does that mean? All the leaders, Paul. Like, I, what, is, what does that mean? Every leader from around the world of every tribe you've ever heard of came to Montana to talk to this Navajo leader, Paul. How could she not be any more clear? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm losing it. And then this Navajo leader tasked her with a mission to bring his knowledge to the world, apparently. This nice white lady from Montana. Well, on a mission from God. So, and here's the thing, too, that I was kind of curious about um is like it it feels like she may have been getting scammed by some guy. Who was like, I have brought together a council of everyone from around the world, and I have a mission for you. You know what I mean? Paul, what if it was like the Arkansas State Indians back in the day where they were actually Italians and not really Native Americans? Well, that would get you in trouble, but I imagine, they might have tricked her. I don't really know. So I'm imagining that it was actually some Italian guy who's like, yeah, I'm running bear. <laughs>
0: That was like,
3: yeah, that was great, though. The uh, slightly tan white dudes who are the uh, the Arkansas State Indians. And In full regalia. You're right. And that added a lot of flair. Um, moving on from that, though. So she got this mission right. And basically, she started just taking pictures and posting them on Facebook. And that's how she got her start here.
2: My husband, Bill Roderick, discovered Giants Playground because he saw daylight coming through a tunnel. On Valentine's Day of 2015, Bill told me that for my gift he was giving me a dolman. He took me there and we explored the area. We found large stacked blocks, and so we named it Giant's Playground. I spent the summer photographing several dolmens and some very unusual features. I posted these on my Facebook and my Galactic Facets website. We found large stacked blocks, we found dolmens, we found huge statues, And the more I posted, the more people from around the world responded, teaching me about what this was. I'm a registered nurse, not an archaeologist. So I've learned everything from watching videos, from um, talking with people in 72 languages all over the world who feed me back similar structures in the countries that they have. These were created by a worldwide ancient civilization. Paul, was it
3: just me, or did it seem like she read that whole thing? She was definitely reading off a script, right? Yeah, she was for sure. Okay, okay. I thought the I same did... thing when I listened to it. Yeah, I was like, "Holy cow!" She's like reading a piece of paper or something. Yeah, yeah, she was. Because George would also ask her a question, and then she would just go back to her paper and didn't answer the question. I think, it, I think she was like a little nervous coming on the show. Oh, because she's just like a lady who right. like looks at rocks. Yeah, she's just a nurse. Yeah. Who's like, I, I got an idea. Yeah. And then she started posting online and other people started backing up her idea. Right. And I think this is why you should never learn a trade off of organizing on Facebook. Sometimes it's helpful to like read a book or take a class. I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. I don't know the tale, but we'll see. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see how accurate she is. Um, But basically what she's doing is that she's showing people that they have been living on top of remnants of this ancient civilization and never knew it. Julie, why did it take so long
1: for someone like yourself to discover these megaliths?
2: I've asked that question hundreds of times. I've discovered 111 different sites. Um, They've been verified by satellite deep geoscan. 85% are still under the surface. Since I have found them, and publish them, they're being found all over America. Um, people are understanding what they're looking at. It's like, I found a 113 foot long Taiwanosaurus Rex above ground that people had never seen. But what I pointed out to them, they see it immediately. Even a woman that lived at the base of it her whole life had never noticed it until I pointed it out to her.
3: Paul, well, I'm gonna be honest, I have no idea what she's talking about. So. Basically, what she's doing, Chris, is she's looking at rocks and saying, it looks like this thing. Okay. And what would that thing be? It's whatever you want it to be. So when she's talking about dolmens, uh, dolmens are a portal or tomb that's like a chamber and they're megalithic, right? So they're really ancient and they were made by like ancient peoples, I guess. Um, And it's kind of like a Stonehenge type situation. Okay. And... What she's saying is that these things are all over the place and they're giants and there's like all these stone carvings and like all these giant rock works that are surrounding us. The other thing that she's saying is that there are remnants of like giant T-Rexes and this is reminiscent of a thing called mud fossils. Have you heard of mud fossils? She was talking about real T-Rexes there. Yes, she was talking about real T-Rexes, I believe. I thought she was, like, talking about a metaphor that was, like, it would be like if I saw a giant T-Rex. No, she she seems to be talking about a literal T-Rex. Oh. And, okay. T-Rex. So, what are mud fossils? So, well, T-Rexes are also only 40 feet. So, this would be, uh, like, four times the size of a normal T-Rex. Okay. Mud fossils is this thing online where people are digging shit up literally in their backyards and then claiming that they're bones of, like, dragons or dinosaurs and stuff like that. So it's a very similar vibe of I'm taking the things around me, and I think it sort of looks like something else. So now it is that thing. This is a known phenomenon? It is when you're doing this? It is when you've melted your brain like I have on the internet. I've never even heard of anybody saying, I found a dragon bone in my backyard. How would you even mistaken that? Go on YouTube and search mud fossils and you should still be able to find it. A lot of giant bones as well um, or if you see something weird in a landscape from Google Earth then people will claim it's like giants or like a giant bird or something like that. Okay, okay. and they're like rocks sometimes though, right? like they're clearly boulders, but they'll be like, well it was it's like a fossilized giant. Literally every time, yes. But yeah. <laughs> I think I have seen this then. I yeah, or like you see a face in a rock cliff. Like remember when we went uh canoeing down uh the river in Arkansas, and white, we saw white white river. Yeah. yeah, and we saw the elephant. Yep. That would basically be what she's talking about. Like that's actually an elephant carving, not and it would elephant. be like us saying that's actually a fossilized elephant. Yes, either it's a fossilized elephant or that was intentionally created by an ancient civilization to look like an elephant. To look like Both an are elephant. options with what our friend Julius is discussing. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Are you dude, tracking? I'm, dude, I'm on Traxville, USA right now. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, is that this is a big deal, Chris, because it would completely like, throw to the side all of the modern archaeology and our understanding of the past, which is a big problem for a lot of governments, including the Russian government, which has attempted to silence her.
1: How do you think they move them? I mean, they're as big as Stonehenge, maybe even bigger.
2: They're even bigger. In fact, I was invited into Russia um, with from the head documentary maker of the country of Russia, about megalithic sites. We were going to, he was going to take me to Gornish And that couldn't happen because the, the Russian government classified everything. And so, and I wasn't going to go to Russia during these tumulus times. And so, um, he taught me how to look at and see, um, these huge megalithic structures, he talked about the walls. We have found walls that are almost as large as the ones in Shorya. Paul, well, just a
3: quick little hole poke into this whole, like, government conspiracy stopping me thing. hmm Didn't she just say that a lot? Or maybe not this last clip, but maybe it was a couple of clips ago, that she used, like, Google Earth and yeah. satellite images? Yeah. Wouldn't the government be able to stop you from being able to see these megalithic megastructures somehow? Probably, Probably yeah. Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure. I just, dude, sometimes it's just like... You know me, I love a government conspiracy. Yeah. But this is a dumb one. <laughs> I And that's the thing, dude, is I low-key love these, uh, these shows from Coast because they're so absurd. Like, they're kind of my favorite. You don't have to think. And also, like, I can imagine, too, the Russians asking these people who want to film a documentary in their country that are probably having to get some kind of special dispensations to go to places. Yeah. And they're like, what are you filming? And they're like, oh, we're looking for ancient megalithic structures built by an advanced race of peoples that were all over the globe. And so there's a couple thoughts here. Number one, tensions between the U.S. and Russia are kind of high right now. Yeah, not good. And- and I don't think they're—they're they're just not letting you in with cameras to film documentaries. Oh, that's that's number one. Point. That's a very good point. Yeah, they're just, no, you're not coming into our country. Leave us alone. They're literally arresting actual journalists. Like they're yeah. not down for you to come in with your camera because yeah. that also sounds like such a dumb reason to come in. That there's no way they're going to take that seriously. They're like, this is the CIA for sure. Yeah, it's the CIA. <laughs> number two. I don't know if you noticed this, Chris, but she said that she was talking with the head documentarian for Russia. I don't know what that means. They're not communist anymore. I don't think the government of Russia has a head documentarian who's inviting this lady over. Oh, I could see the Russians still having a ministry of propaganda. I mean, we have one. No, but I don't think there's a head documentarian that would be interacting with this lady. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not by. I want to know that guy's name so I can look him up. But I did Google a head documentarian of Russia. I didn't find anything. So okay, that's the best I could do. He he may be Russian, and he may be a documentarian. Th- those two things are certainly possible. Right. Of what he's the head of, I don't know. But of documentaries in Russia seems a little odd to me. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to start doing stuff like that, dude. We're the head podcasters of America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you know this, Chris, but there are a ton of pyramids below the ground, too, which is super cool.
2: But the real evidence came when Andrew Barker came on board. He found me on the Internet and we talked for about three months. He was a very interesting man, very funny, very intelligent. And finally one day he says, I own the most advanced technology in the world in this field, satellite deep geo scans. If you give me one site, the GPS coordinates, I'll do a scan for you for free. i want to know what's under the Evergreen dolmen in Giants Playground. And so I sent him GPS coordinates and he came back with the comment, I'm bringing the entire team. I said, how about if you wait until spring because it's under snow right now. In the meantime, I gave him 40 more coordinates. They did a Skype presentation, his team, a man called it, they called it professor, developed the technology and does the reporting. They reported that we had pyramids, pointed, conical, stepped, truncated. That we had the largest standing stone constructed block in the entire world at that time, 5,300 tons. And it's made out of stone that's not from the area.
3: And they're all underground? I guess so. I don't know. They're clearly not above ground.
2: Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah.
3: Okay. Because he's scanning the ground. Right. Right. Yeah, no, true. So, okay, so they've been buried over time. Yeah, and I can't find these documents. I went to her website, and I was trying to find, like, these scans, and I couldn't find them. But I also, I I didn't look that hard. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I would really love to see some pictures of these. What is the Giants' playgrounds that she was talking about? That's just an area that they found that um, she took pictures of. Do you want to see these pictures, Chris, or do you want me to save them? I do want to see these pictures. All right. So this is a place and it was called Giants Playgrounds because her and her um, husband named it that. But this is what that looks like. So essentially okay. it is two rock walls with a boulder on top that you can walk through. Right. So it does look like a dolmen in terms of like how dolmens are typically shaped. Right. But like it also kind of looks like a rock formation. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, having grown up, well, not really grown up, but having gotten to college in northwest Arkansas, it's karst topography there. A lot of limestone, siltstone, yeah. stuff like that. But there was also other types of harder rocks in those areas, right? So erosion over time gives you these crazy looking structures. Yeah. But they're they're completely natural. Yeah, and it's the same thing, like, I've done a lot of hiking in, like, Tennessee and Virginia, and this looks like the kinds of things that you see hiking. Yes. And, you know, it's like nothing crazy. It's like, oh, cool, that's a cool formation. Let me climb into it and then climb out. Right. So, yeah, that's what what we're dealing with. Not inexplicable so far, Paul. I would not consider this inexplicable by any means, but Uh, many uh, would disagree with me. I would like to know a little bit more about these underground pyramids that this man who I assume probably charges thousands of dollars (laughs) to use his technology just does 40 random scans for this woman. Yeah. This guy sounds awesome. I want his business. Yeah. 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 How do you get into the satellite scanning business? Dude, I, I'm wondering too if this guy is 100% ripping her off because I know there are a lot of people like that online that will do crazy things for crazy people and then they just send them like completely made up images. Oh, snap. Yeah. Like what a call, dude. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, we would have to look these people up. Yeah. Like the the My Pillow guy who's like a crazy like Trumper dude, he had this whole convention trying to prove that the um, 2020 election was fake. And he was using documents that were sent to him by one of those types of guys. It was like a known right. scammer who yeah. forges data. And so he basically just sent him a bunch of like BS complicated files. And it was like videos of people like debugging software and it right. was nonsense. But if you don't know what you're looking at, you think it's a real thing. And then he right. brought it and gave it to everyone. And they're like, this isn't anything. This is nonsense data. Well, that kind of gets you into how we get into this whole place (laughs) is that we're we don't know what it is. Therefore, it becomes unknown. And in the unknown, we can see nefarity. Mm -hmm. We can see bad intent. We can see giant fairy tales when we don't know what it is we're looking at. Which is why, and I've said this before, I don't want to use appeal to authority, but sometimes it's helpful to check with the authority and just say, hey, what do you think's happening here? And see how reasonable that answer is. Because sometimes erosion is a reasonable answer. I mean, that one literally looks like it was, we'll have to throw these pictures up here, but it's like a little rock tunnel, right? And then a giant stone at some point cracked off somewhere else and fell down on top. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, Chris. It's from ancient civilizations. Right. Okay. So, Sorry. So Sorry. let's let's find out how ancient it is.
2: Right here in Montana there are miles and miles and miles of ancient structures.
1: I I would and guess you Julie, you like you you can't carbon date these, but any idea how old they might be?
2: The underground penetrating radar. They found 82 rooms under Egypt, larger than supermarkets, many of them full of artifacts. And based on their geoscans around Europe, the oceans, Mediterranean Sea, their estimate was what's above ground in a giant's playground is over 72,000 years old. Wow. That they can prove. Andrew Barker says, we believe it's much older than that, but we can prove 72,000, so that's the number we're going with.
3: Big number, big number. long time ago. It's a, a, it's a big ago. number. And yeah. how long? How long has civilization been around, Chris? According to traditional archaeology, it's like ten thousand years, right? Ten thousand sounds good. That's more like advent of agriculture in small towns, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll say we'll say five ten thousand years. But we didn't have like organized structures and cities and stuff like that, really. Well, is my prior to that, Golbeki tepe is is. Maybe changing those outlooks. That's a true. For That's us. true. It could be. A, it could be adjusted, but generally, we don't anticipate there are worldwide networks of civilizations at two thousand years. Uh, well, mainstream archaeology. If we right? go, if we go to like Graham, then yeah. It's if we go to Graham and and Randall Carlson, and I guess this woman. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to loop Julie Ryder in with Graham. I feel like that's not fair. No, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair to Graham. <laughs> that's, and I'm not a Graham fan, but that that doesn't feel fair to Graham. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's the big question, though: Who built all this stuff? Then, if it's seventy two thousand years old,
1: do you think they were constructed by Native Americans, or who might have done this?
2: My belief at the moment, subject to change is that they were constructed by several epochs of a worldwide civilization that um, was destroyed by different catechismic events. According to my Native American teachers, according to the Buddhists that come here, we've had two Rinpoche's come here. They tell the stories of floods and asteroids and pole shifts that, that changed the world and therefore they build over top. The difference here is that Andrew Barker says that here they're built on platforms and they go deep underground and the deeper they go, the more sophisticated the technology, the larger the blocks. It was hit by an asteroid 12,800 years ago and covered over with mud and dirt and scree and trees. Jeez. And no one recognized what they were until I came along.
1: Good job, by the way, Julie. It's fascinating.
2: So, Julie, wrapped that up
3: in a bow for us. She did. Yeah. (laughs) They were covered by the cataclysm, but yeah. And that completely hit everything, which then folds into like Graham and stuff like that. I'm now sold on Julie. Are you here? Are you here for it? (laughs) I'm now Julie pilled. And I also (laughs) want to say for, for Julie is that if she's actually meeting all these different types of people, what an incredible life she's living. That and that I, actually is a good point I hadn't thought of. And, like, if she's getting to talk to all these people from around the world about, like, what they consider to be their creation stories and, like, some of the more esoteric beliefs, that's really awesome. What a cool life. I mean, she's done it, dude, just like a nurse in Montana, and she just, like, found this thing. And here's the thing is that the world, that world is probably pretty small, but it is international. And so she probably has gotten to meet some pretty cool people. I mean, you're right. I think Julie has created a nice community around looking at rocks. And, like, right. that is that is a cool life experience, I don't know how accurate it is that she has met with like people who speak 80 different languages. I think she said 72 different languages and all these different tribal leaders and stuff like that. But if she has, that actually is a really cool thing that I have not done. So, so kudos to her. You're kind of selling me on Julie now, dude. We're getting to it. I'm telling you. You're selling me on Julie. We're going to be jelly peeled by the end (laughs) of this, dude. Well, here's the other question that we have to ask because we're on coast, Chris. Could this be aliens?
1: What are, the possi- um, what are the possibilities, Julie, that these were constructed by extraterrestrial beings? What do you think?
2: Well, since you asked me that question, when I went into the, the Navajo, I was taught a lot about what they call the Star Nations. The Star Nations are the, two, the three-fingered ones, the four-fingered ones, the mm-hmm. five-fingered ones, the six-fingered ones. And how I was introduced to Leon Secatero was we went into the, into the desert, and there was a scliff of a five-fingered one, and then on the other side there was like three, four, six. So he told us to put our left hand on the five-fingered one, and our right hand on whichever star nation we chose to uh, work with, and I put my hands on all of them. And it's like I just received this blast of knowledge, and I sat down and started drawing pictographs in the sand, and Leon came to me and looked and said, you're the one we've dreamed of, come with me. Much of the teachings were about the technology of the star people, astrophysics, genetic engineering. That's what we learned about.
3: All right, Julia just lost me on that one. She lost you? Some kind of star nation map with hands underneath the star region that you want to be with, and then she got a whole bunch of knowledge. Yeah. What? This is where I'm like, someone was like pulling her leg, dude. I think that she, I don't know if she paid this guy. She doesn't mention anything about payment, but I feel like he wasn't doing this for free. That all just seems absolutely wild. Yeah, that seems completely insane for sure. Like what is actually going on here? So here's, here's one of the things that I think. I, there is this thing in American culture of like mysticism around Native Americans. Yes. And I think that it has been played up in pop culture as well. yes. And I think that there could potentially be a grifter out there who is manipulating that. If he even is really Native American, I don't know. I don't know who this person is. But there could be a pretty simple grift that someone could be doing on Julie. It could be someone who is just like, manipulating her to get money that's possible because we see that with psychics all the time right um the other thing i wanted uh that i was thinking about too is just because someone is native american doesn't mean they can't be a total crazy person right right yeah absolutely so, right all right it could just be a completely crazy person who is bringing julie to these weird spots and saying like touch her hands and like commune with the aliens right. that's what he's saying with these star people tribes those yeah. are aliens just to be right clear. yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, again, the the comparisons with Graham is just too close, right? Yeah. Graham will never go to aliens. No, he won't. He refuses. He refuses. He will never even, uh, could it be aliens? That's foolish. You're being silly. I, and he, like, like promotes humanity, yeah. right? Like, I totally believe that humanity is capable of doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that about Graham because he he has his lane and he's like, this is where we're staying. I'm not going into that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff like this, man, you lose me. It's like, I am here to talk about the progenitor civilization. Yeah. I want there to be a progenitor civilization so bad because for whatever reason, it just, it helps me believe that there is a better future. Yeah, that there was this thing that we were doing about longevity and these giant stone creations that I think just sounds incredible and wonderful. But when you bring in the aliens, it also it it it, it simultaneously makes it that much smaller that humans could ever do anything like this, and it punctures the dream for me. I think there's also this aspect of suspension of disbelief that plays into media all the time, right? Like when they're doing TV shows or movies, when you like listen to interviews with writers, they'll talk about how you can get away with like one crazy thing, right? right? So like I can do one crazy thing and the audience will still roll with it and that's okay. And you can have that like, you know, God in the machine type moment and, but you can only do that once, right? right? And I think that also plays into conspiracies where- You can have your conspiracy, but you can't start rolling in all this other stuff. Like, if you want to tell me that there was this ancient civilization that was building all this stuff, okay. But then we throw in aliens on top of that. I now have two crazy things I have to believe. I can handle one crazy thing. But two, it starts throwing me for a loop. Paul, what if you have a bottomless pit that you can just keep on throwing conspiracies into? See... The and that's we're going to get to this, Chris, on our Patreon. The bottomless pit, I could hang on to when you start expanding beyond that, you start to lose me, <laughs> right? When the bottomless pits start multiplying, I get lost. But the other all thing, all right, so we got some stuff about star nations. I guess that 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 it actually means that aliens created these things or were communicating. I don't even know, I don't with know how full aliens in. with some kind of communication thing. Uh, it's starting to become very jumbled. Yeah, and it's like, why did the aliens stop talking to us? There's a cataclysm on Earth. Like, why would they stop communicating with us? Because there's a cataclysm. They said, bad. "They said, new number, who dis? <laughs> yeah, like, bad friends, dude. Bad yeah. friends. My house got destroyed and you bail on me? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just your house, dude. It would be like your whole state got destroyed and then yeah. the federal government said, we don't really care. We we don't need that state. That's a bad state, anyways. I mean, if we cut out Texas, I wouldn't mind, but that's fine. Um, I love you, Texas listeners. They okay, want to be so cut out, anyways. Here's the other really funny thing. Uh, she's apparently been threatened with prison time because of this research, Chris, from the U.S. government. Right. Right.
1: Fascinating. Fascinating indeed. What do you think the State fathers of Montana are saying about these structures, like the governor and things like that. Are they giving you any feedback?
2: Um, the first feedback we got was from the U.S. Forest Service. And I was threatened with six months in prison with being banished from all national forests. They told me they were watching me. For what? Um, I, asked, I asked if they had a FISA warrant. And finally, I just told the woman that. Um, I was, I had a dead man switch, which means that if anyone in my family was harmed, that if they started to dig up Giants Playground, that I would push the dead man switch, which means I would announce to the world the GPS coordinates of 110 different sites, what was layer by layer by layer underneath, and it would be a feeding frenzy.
1: Julie, what did they threaten you with prison for? What, you didn't do anything has, wrong.
2: They told me I was giving tours without a permit. Then They refused to give me a permit. Oh. Okay, so that makes sense. She's probably giving
3: tours without a permit. She's going to parts of the park she's not supposed to go to. I mean, it's like, and and then probably, I'm going to guarantee it, she's probably not reporting any of this to the IRS. (laughs) Yeah, and well, here's an interesting thing, too. What she's talking about doing, it actually is illegal. Right. So... National parks and national forests do have tour services and they have exclusivity contracts with private contractors who give out tours. So other people are not able to just go into a park and start giving out tours. And this has actually been a major point of contention with Native American tribes who had originally lived on the land because they were wanting to go and give their own tours, talking about their culture and the importance of different regions and things like that. So uh, this has been a big push that a lot of Native American communities have had with the uh, Biden administration to get permits for local tribes to actually be able to give tours because previously, whenever they tried to do this, they were fined and they were also threatened with like jail time because like any misdemeanor there is a fine, but then there is a maximum jail time if they were to go that route, which they never do. So that's what she's talking about is she went, it was giving tours illegally and wasn't able to get a permit because she's a crazy lady who thinks that these are made by giants in like ancient civilizations. And you just, you don't mess with the feds and money and power. Yeah. Like they are, they are the biggest jabronis on the planet when it comes (laughs) with messing with their money and messing with their power. You don't mess with government exclusivity contracts. Oh no, never. Yeah. So yeah, that's what you she's end talking up in about. Angola, dude, in solitary confinement. Yeah. And I love that she's like, I told them I had a dead man switch where oh I'm going to tell everyone. I'm like, you're on the radio telling everyone where this stuff's at now. Yeah. There are pictures on Coast of her taking pictures of herself in front of these things. It's on your yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking big, about? Biggest nothing burger on the planet. You know, I, I mean, I imagine though. That all these news publications do get the craziest emails about, I have the secret information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my dead man switch. I told the government not to tap my phones. Also, I'm never telling a uh, fed that I have a dead man switch. Yeah. I think that's how you immediately end up in jail. Uh, it's First of all, it's how you end up dead. <laughs> Because no one on the planet has ever had an effective dead man switch. It's never worked. It's never worked. If I die, these tapes are going to be sent to the biggest news publications on the planet. You fooled the people who killed you. Control of the news. And that's the thing. I'm not saying any of this is a good thing, I'm just saying it's reality. You know, we have to cope with the reality at some point. <laughs> It's like the grand conspiracy. You're not even giving the grand conspiracy its due diligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like no, you can't be a public nuisance. Like you're just not allowed to do that. This darn federal park service. You know what it reminds me of is to go on a slight tangent. Uh, have you heard about the guy in you? You may probably have not. The guy in Mount Juliet who's starting a tent revival in Tennessee. no but it sounds awesome okay so there's this madman preacher who is starting a straight up tent revival he has a gigantic tent and it's really fancy actually they got a projector and like a band inside and uh he's been calling around a bunch of churches in the region asking for support because he's saying the government is trying to shut him down i looked into it and what's happening is all of the neighbors around the tent are pulling their money together to sue the church because they're such a public nuisance because he blasts his speakers at such a loud volume and they're inside a tent that people are hearing his exorcisms from their home and they're like we don't care about what you're doing it's just too loud (laughs) and it feels like the same thing where it's like the government's trying to take me down and it's like no your neighbors just hate you because you're annoying yeah just could you're on seven right now can we take it to four yeah like do what you're doing just like be quiet please yeah just quieter. Yeah, just quiet. You darn federal government <laughs> tell me I can't have tent revivals. <laughs> well, and the other thing that Julie's been doing is that she has been taking this to her state government, Chris, which, you know, props to her because we should be more interactive with our state governments, I think. Dude, I figured Montana state government was like a Colt 45 pistol.
2: I tried, tried to go to the capital and and tell the people that my due diligence of informing them what was there, and they just kind of laugh and walk away. Um, So we did have one woman here who worked with the Forest Service. She asked if I could prove it, and I said, just come and look at it. She was here for two days, told me this would be worth millions and millions and billions of dollars to monetize this. I don't want to monetize it. That's not my goal. Our goal is to protect it and keep it safe and learn the knowledge. We have people from all over the world come to do sacred ceremonies here. There was a, a lot
3: in that very short clip, Paul. There were like four things, yeah. There were very, very big things that I yeah. feel like we have to get to all of them because it's just like bursting inside of me. <laughs> First of all, how is this worth a billion dollars? A billion. How would, you, how would you understand how you would modernize this for, for a billion dollars? I don't either. I have no idea. I don't know how you make a million dollars off this. You know how you monetize this? You be a park service that charges entry, and they're already doing that. I don't know what else you're going to do. Okay. All right. So that was number one. Okay. Fair. Number two, I'm so disappointed in my tenure in state government that no (laughs) one ever came to me When I have evidence of ancient civilizations and their megalithic structures are underneath our feet right now, dude, I would have gone to that and looked, dude. I would have taken a perusal for the good senator while I went around. And was doing the rest of my business dude because i'd be like no what i got to check this out you're like i'm going to be gone for the next week y'all i got stuff to do yeah i'm on a fact finding mission boss you're telling me the whole time you were in south carolina no one came to you and said i found a reptilian with an underground base i do did. i didn't get reptilians that i sucks. didn't get ghosts i didn't get it was normal politics stuff that's so lame I mean sometimes people would get like either super conservative or super liberal. Yeah. Right? And I'd be like, "Okay, you're a wacko." That's not fun. But yeah, that's what I'm, I want th- nobody was giving me coast to coast AM stuff. That sucks. And I would have ridden to the next county. Yeah. To talk to a constituent about some freaking paranormal or conspiracy stuff, dude. Nobody hit me with it. I'm so disappointed. I'm so Man. upset, dude. So, I mean, if I were to be in a state legislature, I would at least want some sort of local cryptid to get brought up to me. Otherwise, I'd be really disappointed occasionally. Like, I wonder how often the Mothman comes up in West Virginia. I hope a lot. I hope a lot. I want to go to the Mothman Festival really badly, but we got to do it. We got to do it for the pot, dude. We yeah, have to, it's important. Well, the other thing, Chris, I think you actually mentioned um, the Native American, um, uh, what I guess, legend of little people recently, didn't you? The ant people from the Hopi Indians. That was it, the ant people. So that actually gets brought up. So I, wanted, I pulled that clip just because uh, you had referenced that previously. Um, and I'm more familiar with the Native American sites on my end of the state um, and in Wyoming, like the medicine wheel. And there's also sites um in the prior mountains that's in the bighorns the prior mountains have some sites associated with the little people um which is in folklore um and down in the san pedro mountains in wyoming they actually found a mummified little person um which is kind of weird um have you found any correlation maybe between the little people and this site she goes on a long rant but uh no they didn't Okay. But I thought it was interesting because I hadn't heard of the little people before and it came up again. So I wonder if he's talking about those little Nazca dudes because they actually have been around for a while. Yeah. Because it was like 2017 when they got pulled, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And that was on our Patreon too. If you want to go check that out, Coast Coast PM. No, Patreon.com slash Coast Coast um, You can check out that Patreon.
2: But yeah. So, that's so a, yeah. So uh, I
3: don't know, dude. I kind of, the Hopi Indians for real or Hopi Native Americans. Really, really interesting tribe. But you got to be, they were agriculturalists in the desert. Yeah. Like, that's bonkers. So you already are kind of a bonkers tribe in the first place. But they have like a lot of weird, like cosmology and some weird ancient stories, dude, that are a lot of fun to go through. And I, I want us to do a um, like Native American lore episode at some point oh, because be so yeah, so much of it is really cool. And shout out to the show Reservation Dogs on Netflix if you haven't watched it; it's really good. It actually brings up a lot of that lore, like there's a, a lore of the Deer Woman, which is kind of like a. Um, native american mermaid essentially and it's a woman who lures men in with like her seductive abilities but has like hoofed feet which is very similar to like mermaids who would call men in to like crash on rocks Uh, sirens right or or my my uh russian folklore yeah like demons very similar. And then it also covers, uh, like, a Bigfoot-type character, which is Tall Man, that's covered in fur and, like, lives in the woods. So yeah. there's, like, a lot of cool stuff I want to dig into with that that I think would be really interesting. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll do that soon. But we do have to deal with Spooktober, though. Yes, we do. Which is coming up. F- quicker than I realized. Next episode is Spooktober, Chris. Next uh- <laughs> Yeah, next episode is Spooktober. Holy crap, Paul! Yeah, next episode. I have to get to work. I have stuff to do. Yeah, because <laughs> we have a lot to do for Spooktober. It's gonna be great. Oh, so much fun! I can't I'm so wait. excited. I love. Sp- I've already been watching a ton of scary movies just to get myself revved up for Spooktober. I'm waiting until October first. Oh, I dude, I started early. I started on like September tenth. <laughs> so. I, I start October first, and yeah. I kick it off with uh, a reading from H.P. Lovecraft and Classic. a reading from Edgar Allan Poe. Classic, dude. I I've watched The Witch and Cabin in the Woods so far, which were both fantastic. I had such a good time, dude. The Witch is such a great horror movie. It's I mean really probably fun. my favorite horror movie of the last ten years. It's excellent. So I, I'm gonna I'll keep everyone updated on the scary movies I'm watching um that said we have one more clip i wanted to play chris and this is from tom from california who is a regular we we've probably played clips from this guy before but he calls it a lot Uh, and he has some thoughts about aliens so i wanted to give tom some love here that's my concern
1: i don't blame you tom to thomas in la jolla california hey tom go ahead
0: hi george thank you very much and julie You are doing fantastic research, thank you. It's just the deepest appreciation from me. I have a couple of comments and then that leads to a question. Um, I can't help but think that uh, women once ruled the world. You've already mentioned that the last ruler of Atlantis was a woman and um, the idea that there was a major Anunnaki leader who was a woman, and um, I can't help but think also that there was a disagreement, a disagreement among the extraterrestrials, you know, here in the solar system. And um, how they implemented that disagreement was with asteroids asteroids as kinetic weapons you know to uh, destroy the face of the earth this is not my idea um, a friend of coast-to-coast Coast, now deceased jerry pornell once wrote essays and fiction yep. concerning asteroids as kinetic
1: weapons Lu- we Lu- Lu- to- Lucifer- lucifer's handle right
3: Paul, oh, you cut out <laughs> some very important clips about the female Atlantean leaders and the female Anunnaki leaders. Yeah, so she mostly talked about that there was a female Atlantean leader. I think I might have skipped that clip because we were running short on time. But basically, the, the, the context for when it came up is the image that I'm showing you now, Chris, is a rock foundation. And she is saying that there is the image of a woman on the right shoulder here. Okay. And yeah, I guess I kind of see it. The the thing that I want to call out, Chris, what do you see when you look at this image? Like, what is the first thing that pops out in your mind? Like, it's not a woman. I'll tell you that right now. It's a big mountain. Uh, it's, it's an eagle, Chris. Oh, oh, OK. Do you see it? Yeah, I see the eagle. Definitely. OK, so this is a rock formation that sort of looks like an eagle. And she says that there is a image of a woman on the right shoulder of the eagle, which I don't see at all. It mostly just looks like a mountain. That kind of looks like a Um, So that is where the, and then she claimed that it was the lady leader of Atlantis. So that's the context there. Good Lord in heaven. That's what we're dealing with. I really vibe with the idea of asteroids as weapons, though. That's why I pulled that clip because it specifically reminded me of the Expanse series. Exacto mundo. yeah, Which I think is a fantastic idea, which I think is underserved in sci-fi of using kinetic weapons like asteroids against planets. That is a fantastic idea. And props to Tom for bringing that up because Tom always has the best lore. Really? Yeah. Tom does a lot of stuff like that where he like comes in with like a really cool take. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tom's, yeah. Tom's a bro. Tom, yeah. I don't know what's up with the people who call into Coast. I think there's like maybe 200 people who call in, but like you get to know the callers a lot. Right. I really like the idea of we have this ancient, and somewhat advanced civilization that gets into a confrontation mm-hmm. with, I guess, the alien overlords. The Galactic Confederation. Yeah. They attempt to destroy us, but they fail. But they have ostracized us, and they have sent us into the wilderness. And we must travel the wilderness like Moses and the Israelites for 40 years and 40 nights. Or 40 40 years. That is an L. Ron Hubbard book, dude. That is so gold. I love that. And that's the thing, man, is I feel like he cleared up the lore that was a little messy. Yeah. Because if we were so tight with these aliens and they were coming down and we had the space tribes all carved out on our rocks and stuff, why would they abandon us when a cataclysm happens? The answer is they caused the cataclysm because of a disagreement that we had. Yes. So shout out to Tom for fixing this entire story. Thank you for fixing that for us. What could we have done? To cause the ire of beings so much more advanced than us. So she mentioned how the human civilizations were probably in these areas mining gold at one point. Right. Which I think is a callback to Sitchin. and it how is. the and, aliens, it, Yeah. It definitely is. And how the aliens were using us as slaves to mine their gold. So in my head canon... I am connecting this decision and saying that there was some sort of rebellion where the aliens were using us to mine gold. And therefore, we pushed back. We didn't want to mine their gold anymore. And the aliens said, well, guess what? We're going to bomb you with asteroids. Is Adam and Eve the story of us getting into fights with extraterrestrial and then condemning us out of paradise, which was actually our slavery? Ooh. Maybe, maybe. And then Adam and he, and that's literally what it is. It's the all of humanity being shoved out. Yeah. And the cherubim at the gates are just right. gray aliens right. or the Anunnaki. Yeah. Or like, get out of here. We're done with yeah, you. We're done. Could be. It could be. Yeah. You're going to rebel against us. We're going to freaking destroy you. You know, I think we need to email Julie. Cause I think we got some improvements on her story cuz you always got to throw in the Christian Bible, dude, here in America. You have to. When, you want to sell this? Come where on. Where my Bible at? Come on, bro. Where my Bible at? Yeah. You know me, dude. I love a little OT. A little Old Testament, let's go. Biblical prophecy, baby. Come on. Come on. Let's let's do this thing right. Glory, well, baby. Chris, on a scale of one to five underground pyramids what do you give our girl julia Ryder? and you could split it up from fun to like realness if you want to she seems so earnest she does yeah and i hope if she listens to this i'm i'm not trying to hurt your feelings we're you know probably making some fun at your expense julia you seem wonderful I wanna know more about these pyramids under the ground. This get this leave the Star Child stuff out of there. Leave the I think get the Anunnaki. I don't know if you're well versed enough for the Atlantean lore and to give us specific leadership roles of all these people. So let's just stay with like the pyramids and the megaliths and let's throw in some Bible. And I'm gonna give you a 2 2.5 right now. But that can go up. You only have room for improvement. So if if Julie is listening to this, because we, Chris, we've had this problem many times where people who are on coast listen to our stuff and they get very offended. I'm giving Julie as a person a four. Right. I think she is super fun as a human being. Nice. I would love to hang out with her and to like walk around a park with her in Montana. And like I said, if she is actually meeting these people yeah, and they are who they claim they actually are, yeah, then what an incredible life she's living. Yeah. I love that. I love her experiences. And you know what? I love that she's a nurse. I mean, both of us, you yes. know, we have love for nurses. Love for nurses, baby. And, and respect for what they do. So yep. healers. Uh, yeah, they are. So love Julie as a person. Her theory, I'm going to give a one. I'm not, not I'm not here for it necessarily. I need to be sold. And I was not sold off this interview and going on her website. I was not sold. And looking at the images that she sent coast, I was not sold that these were not natural rock formations because here's the thing. Looking at rocks. is kind of like looking at clouds, Chris, right? You Just, you can make it look like a thing if you want to. And that's kind of what I feel like is happening here. So that's where I land. But I think Julie's great. She's salt of the earth. Yeah, and totally right. And I'm having fun. And love our Montanans, dude. Holy cow, yeah. what a great state. It is the best state. I, my dream life is to move to Montana one day. I think I'll do summers in Montana, winters further south. I want to winter in Montana because I just want to be holed up, and I just want to read books and have a fire. I have a very romanticized view of Montana. Dude, I, I read The Shining. Yeah, I I read it. Yeah, I I know what happens in a Snowden cabin. Okay, but I just feel like I would thrive in a Snowden cabin. How much podcasting would I get done if I was Snowden? You get a lot of podcasting done. I would get so much podcasting. Mostly podcasting. All podcasting. (laughs) Oh my god! Wrap it up, B. All right, this was Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. You can support us on co- on uh, Patreon.com slash Coast to Coast PM. We will see you every Thursday on our public feed. Thank you so much for listening. All conspiracy, all the time. Later.